So if you'd like to come in and join us, you know, if you want to come down the front and dance a little bit, that's cool. If you want to, you know, just come close and make us feel like, you know, this place is a little bit more full, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to get into this now.
you're doing tonight. Wait, I didn't hear you. Okay, we're gonna do something, all right? And do you guys trust me? Yep, all right. What I want you guys to do is all come out of your seats. What a good idea, Tyra. Let's right? do that. Let's all come out of our seats. I wanna see you guys moving. Everyone coming to the front. We will not carry on until all you guys are here because I believe that God wants to do something tonight, but we all need to make that sacrifice in praising Him and worshipping Him. And just because it's a public weekend, it doesn't mean that we can't do that. So youth, you should be coming. Come. All right, because we're still, we're still praising God. God is good. And we can express that through our praise and worship. All right, don't be scared. Come to the front, guys. Come. We're a family. All right, this is awesome. Yeah. Say we will go your way, dancing to your beat. 
can be here to party in Jesus' name. Amen. Ben, can I get you to drop me a little beat? We're going to get something. Yeah. All right. All right. We're going to get Ness to start us off with a little bass solo. Let's do that bass up loud. Ray's going to get ready for his rap. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Stanley, you're up next on the keys. Drop us some Indian beats. I want real Indian, man. I've heard you get more Indian than that, bro. Mike, you're gonna be up next. Yeah. Alright, Mike, you drop it. It's just how strong when Mike's done. Yeah. All right, welcome to church. I thought we had a bit of fun. Are these guys good? Hey, you can grab your seat. We also, I thought it would be good to have a bit of fun in church this evening. We're gonna get Ray up to do his rap in a second. One day it will happen. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Actually, I'll need everyone to stand up. A little bit wrong. Everyone's standing up, standing up, standing up. All right, everyone needs to go like at least three rows forward. You can't have the first three rows empty. If you're at the back, just come back. Everyone come forward three rows, or else Peter's gonna be lonely as when he's speaking. It's just gonna be a bit awkward. We can do this. We can move forward. If I have to name and shame you at the back, I will. I will. Trust me, I'll do it. Get on up here. Hey, if uh, this is your first time at church, we uh, we just love to embarrass people by making them move seats. But actually, we want to give you chocolate. So you can take a seat now if you've moved forward a bit, make it a little less lonely for people. Uh, but if this is your first time here, over at the back... Uh, there is our new people packs and really it's just chocolate and uh, if you put your details down there It just means we can connect you into the life of the church and uh, Even if you don't want to you're not too sure about if this you wanted this shit. If you're not too sure if you want this to be your home church, but you've got some questions It's a great way to start that journey with us, but how about we give all the visitors welcome Awesome I'm just assuming that there's visitors here um, Birthdays and anniversaries. Hey, and I've heard there's been um, some exciting news this week. Oh, has someone got engaged? Oh, let's give them a hand and they're going to tell us all about it. Come on up. Let's get to have these lovely, awkward moments. So, um, how, did, how did you do it? Lovely, very good. Congratulations. And we got uh, Muller and Gabby as well. How many years? Two years, fantastic. 
All right. Hey, church, won't you stand? We're going to say our, our prayer over these two fantastic couples. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. Why don't we give these guys a hand? It's fantastic. And band, we're going to continue with our worship now. So if you want to come on out, you can stand up. We don't have a, a lot on today. But it's good, eh? It's good. But just before we do that, we've got some highlights to tell you about. Who was at the Muckin last week? Yo, I just want to say thank you so much for being involved. It was such a good weekend. Uh, well, good morning, I should say. Uh, just got being in the community. We've heard heaps of great stories. I heard we put these skips out um, around the neighborhood for people just to chuck their rubbish in to kind of clean it up, clean their house up. I heard that there was like three skipfuls around the actual skip um, that we got rid of for the community, which is huge. Uh, it was great to see the community um, taking us up on the offer. Also, next week we have Martin Steele. Who's heard Martin Steele speak before? Pastor Martin is from Harbourside in Auckland, and he is uh, one of the best communicators uh, in New Zealand for sure. And uh, he has got awesome insights. He's real theological. He's a great teacher. So make sure you're here at all the services. You should probably come to the 9 a.m. and the 10, because if you're a bit slow like me uh, to follow, to get it all in, you just come to them both, and then you'll be, have extra insight. And then he'll be at the 6 p.m. as well. So why don't you bring a friend to that? That would be awesome. Food bags. Who has brought in a food bag? Yeah, down the back we've got like two. Okay, so the rest of you that haven't brought in a food bag yet, in the foyer there is food bags. And all you've got to do is take them home and fill them up with non-perishable goods, uh, i.e. dried pasta, cans of tomatoes, spaghettis, um, and other stuff. I don't really, past two-minute noodles is kind of my cooking ability. Uh, but anything you want to uh, bring to give would be awesome for that. And the Light Party, who's been to the Light Party? So responsive. Light Party is a fantastic event we put on for the community. It's, uh, it's instead of Halloween, and it's for kids from uh, five till end of intermediate. And it's a really fantastic event. This place is, all the chairs are taken away. There's bouncy castles in here and there's a whole lot of games. It is a whole lot of fun. But we need you guys' help to put this on. We have literally like 30 games happening and we need like two people on each game. So that's already 60 volunteers right there. Plus we have a whole lot of other stuff, candy floss, and we've got um, the parents' lounge, which is the best place to be because they've just got food, constant food, which is awesome. So I'm volunteering there this year, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so if you want to get involved, there's a place for everyone to help out at the light party. So what you need to do is you need to see Ash. Is Ash here? Or Alina. Ash or Alina, or come see me, and I'll get your name, and we'll make sure we, get connect, uh, we connect you in uh, so you can help with the light party. Is that good? So good. All right, now it's time. Uh, to continue with our worship. So why don't you stand? Thank you, band. Lord, I just thank you so much that you're with us right now. 
I thank you that your presence is so strong in this place. Father, we just invite you to invade us more during this time of worship. Uh, may it be a time where we can just encounter you, Lord. And also may it be a time where we can bring anything that we need to just to your feet, Lord. Um, Lord, I thank you that your grace is always available to us, Lord, and you just give it to us unconditionally. Thank you, Lord.
to continue our worship. Um, we have a new song that we've not done in the night service, and it's called Withholding Nothing. And it talks about just surrendering everything to God. And um, we just uncovered, and it talks about God's grace and how each and every single one of us can receive it, like no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been. And I think now that we've sung those words and we've, we've declared them and we've realised what God's grace is, we can come into a time now where we just surrender everything that we have and make ourselves available to receive that grace. Because no matter how bad things are, or even if it's small or big, the grace is still available to you. And so I encourage you guys in this time, you know, you may not know those these words, but just position yourself in a place where you can just surrender everything.
awesome God we worship. What a mighty God we serve. Every knee will bow before Him. Every tongue confess that He is Lord. Every tongue. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. Look, God, we come before you this evening. Look, God, acknowledging that you are Lord. Acknowledging that you created us, created our world, you created the, the stars and the moon. Lord, God, you reign supreme yet you're so personable that no matter what we're going through no matter where we find ourselves no matter even our thoughts about ourselves there you are with grace and love Lord it's my prayer tonight that in this simple moment you would make yourself known to people Look, God, you would take off any weights that are laying them down. Look, God, that you would cover people by your grace. Look, God, so that they would know that they are free by what your Son did on that cross. Lord, I pray that would be our heart's cry tonight and a response to the King of Kings, to respond to you that loves us so much that we would give our all to You. That we would surrender ourselves to You. And in that find freedom. Lord, tonight we acknowledge that You are an awesome God. Lord, we cry out to You, saying we can't do this on our own, but with You we can do all things. Through You who strengthens strengthens us. Lord God, we thank You. We thank You for what You're about to do, what You are doing, but what You're going to continue to do in the hearts and lives of Your church here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just as I was praying, I had this thought that um, that I had. It was a reminder of a thought that I had quite some time ago. That was probably last year, and it was around the whole idea of surrender. And quite often in the the world and like the the fighting army sense, when you say surrender, it means captivity. Is that when when a force is coming upon you, you surrender to them. You become captive to them. But what I find awesome is with God, it's the opposite. Is actually when we surrender to Him, that's when we find our freedom. That when we surrender the troubles of our day, when we surrender the weights, when we surrender things that are going on, that's actually when we find freedom. And so can I encourage you, just as Peter comes and speaks, just surrender yourself. Just your, your pride maybe just some stuff that's going on and just go, God, I'm surrendering that to you. 
Lord, let me embrace your freedom. And uh, my prayer is that as Peter, Peter speaks, you will feel incredible freedom and your, your journey with God will just go up a whole another level. Cool. Awesome. Well, you can take a seat. Take a seat. Thank you, band. You guys are awesome. Well done. Hey, you guys proud? I have not made one South African joke yet. So I'm going to welcome up Peter. And uh, Peter's a fantastic young adults leader, so let's give him a huge hand. And uh, super excited. Hello. We good? Yeah. Oh, hey, Muller. Muller, come out to the middle. Let's just start with this. It's going to be good. Muller's a fantastic guy. He leads Activate Intermediates. And um, you may not be able to see, but earlier in the week on Monday, I, I got a grass burn. I got this good grass burn. And um, it was pretty nasty. I was weeping and all this kind of thing. You can't really see it now. It's starting to heal up. But I've had to apply antiseptic cream and... Um, for the burn. But um, after this morning, I think you need it more than I do, so you hold on to that. <laughs> hey, that's the churches. Cheers, bro. Awesome, we're good? Hey, is Linda here? I saw her a moment ago. No? Yeah. No? Oh, yeah, Linda, there you are. Hey, I just, as I was praying throughout this week, I just want to say thank you for all that you do um, at church, how you tirelessly serve, uh, how you spend time and you invest. And I've seen how you invest into young adults, into youth, and I just want to say thank you for that. I, I, I see that, and I think it's incredible because we need people like you who are willing to uh, truly invest into us and give us a hard when we, when we need it, but to get alongside and support and lift us up when we need it. So I really want to say thank you. I, I'd love you, church, just to give her a clap, so thanks. And... Uh, along those lines, as I was praying this week, I really felt God say to you and for you that the things that you have been praying for, the things that you have been contesting for in your prayer time, that you're going to see them come to pass. The things that are really on your heart, God hears them and he sees them and he's uh, working for you in that. So, amen. Cool. Hey, well, does everyone have their phones here? Just whip your phone out real quick. Just do it. And who can get to Facebook? Everyone get, get to Facebook. If you've got your phone, get to Facebook. It should take you like three seconds. If you're a normal person, it'll take you about three seconds. I mean, if you're a young adult, sorry, or a youth. If you don't have Facebook on your phone, well done. I'm proud of you. Get to Facebook. Type in Activate Young Adults. Get to Activate Young Adults. Anyone got there? Yeah. All right. Go down to Upcoming Events. Click on Feel the Burn and click going. And then get off Facebook and check out what it means afterwards. Awesome. Anyway, this year I've been talking around John 10.10. 10. And John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But this is Jesus speaking. I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full. Or in other versions it will say, so that you may have a rich 
and satisfying life. Now, this has been the purpose. My desire is that we would live real Christian lives, that we would live our lives to the full, that we wouldn't live a mediocre or half Christian life. I want us to live our lives in the fullness of what God desires for us. Do you want to? Yeah, I want to. And I want us to, as the body of Christ, not to settle for second best or for less than what God has for us. And that challenges me. That thought challenges me. And that's a struggle. But over the last few times I've preached or spoken, that's been what I've been talking about. I've wanted to encourage us, to uh, draw us towards the thought, this thought that there is more for us in our Christian journey, walking with Jesus, walking in relationship. So to summarize the previous messages that I've spoken, just so we're on the same page and we can work from there, I've broken it down into a simple sentence. And it's actually quite interesting because it follows the theme of tonight, surrender. Surrender precedes encounter, which precedes relationship. I'll say that again. Surrender precedes encounter, which precedes relationship. Surrender. Surrender is a 180-degree turn. So if I'm going this way, I surrender myself, I surrender my control, suddenly it's not my will, but I've surrendered myself to God. So suddenly I'm heading in this direction, allowing God to be in control. Surrender, it's giving over of ourselves. And as Luke said tonight, it was exactly what I was thinking. Surrender is not a bad thing. We find in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 that when we surrender ourselves, when we come to Jesus and we say, take it, we find life. We find freedom. We find one who will support us and walk with us in all that we do. And that's pretty cool. The second thought is surrender comes first before encounter. Now, encounter is key in our Christian walk. In my life, I call these moments of history with God. My times of encounter, these rocks in my walk with Jesus, that are the reasons why I'm still a Christian today. Let me tell you, I'm not a Christian because my parents are a Christian. I'm not a Christian because my friends. I'm not a Christian because someone told me. I'm not a Christian because we had cats when I was little. I'm a Christian because there's been moments in my life where God is showing up. And I cannot help but say, you are God. And you are my Lord. Mine. That's not yours. That's mine. He's my God. And I hope that you've got those moments in your life that you can say, God, you are my God. Encounter. I just want to read this to you. This was my first real encounter with the Holy Spirit where I just knew God was there. Um, I was year 10. I was at a conference called Branded, which was before Shout Conference in Auckland, run by Equippers. So this was years ago, years and years ago. And let me just read it to you. This is what I said as a wee child. It was awesome. I've never experienced anything like it before. I felt like all my fears and enemies disappeared. I felt so bold like I had no troubles. I didn't really hear anything, but I really felt like God showed me what my life could and will be like. Today I have made a commitment to God to step out of my comfort zone and do His will. Now, to you that means nothing, and I'm okay with that. Because to me, it was a moment where I went from knowing to knowing. It took a moment for me to go from knowing about God, knowing what people had said. I could tell you all about God. I grew up in a Christian family. But to go from knowing about God and what people say to knowing Him for myself is a totally different story. It's a very different story. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. So encounter. Let's think about the rugby. We've just had an awesome All Blacks win 
this morning and who stayed up? Well, who got up for it? Good on you. I had a great sleep in this morning after I watched it. But think about Richie. You know, we're all on first name basis with the rugby players now. You know, Richie, Dan, they're all my mates. And actually, cool story. One time I was in Christchurch driving along. I saw Richie McCall. I think, like, I waved and I think he just, I think he was just saw something else, so he missed it. But, you know, we're pretty tight. We're pretty close. And obviously, you know, because I moved here, careers kind of pulled us apart. But, you know, me and Richie, we were, we were pretty good mates back in the day. So um, we'll leave it at that. But, you know, I could know all about him. I could know what he does. I could know who his family is. I could know what his hobbies are, what he likes, what he's studied. I could know all those things without ever meeting him. Does that mean I've got a relationship with him? Does that mean I know who he is? Well, it means I know about him, but I don't know him because we've never encountered or met each other. Relationship begins with encounter. That parallels to God. I could know all the things about God without ever having met him, without ever having encountered him. So encounter is the key. Surrender precedes encounter, which precedes relationship. And relationship is the essence of Christian life. And can I say this, that if you have encountered God once, and that is the essence of your Christian relationship with God, with Jesus, I met Jesus once, and that's it. One encounter does not last a relationship. If I think about my relationship with Melina, and we've been going out just under, I think, five months now. I know. Very serious. She'll probably listen to this afterwards. So, um, But if I think about our relationship, if I had met her once, hung out with her once, asked her out once, and that was it, would we have a very good relationship? Would we have a very good relationship? He's on to it. No, of course not. So with God... If I've met God once at the altar, he's done a powerful work in my life. I say, God, I'm going to give my life to you. But from that point on, I live like he doesn't exist. Or I spend no time with him. I say, I go to church on Sunday, but that is the extent of my faith. Are you going to have a flourishing relationship? I think not. As we spend time, we get to know who they are. We get to know how they act. And it's not a head knowledge, it's a heart knowledge, which is key when things go bad. We know what happens when things are good, and things might be great, but when things are struggle, when times are testing, it's those encounters, it's those rocks, it's that history with God that gets us through. So my desire tonight is that we, as the body of Christ, are challenged and are stirred in our relationship with Jesus. That's what I'm praying for tonight. That we wouldn't switch off, but the Holy Spirit would speak and speak powerfully to you about where you are with Him and what He desires for you. So remain receptive to that. So the most important thing which underpins this whole process, surrender precedes encounter, which precedes relationship, is our heart. Our heart is the most important thing. Now I'm going to read Proverbs 4, uh, 20 to, through to 25. And then I'm going to break that down and, and talk a little bit about that. But it says, Proverbs 4, 20 through to 25. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. 
Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Our hearts are pretty important. And the question I want to ask us tonight, that I ask myself often, but I want to ask you, is is my head or is your head below your heart? Is your head below your heart? And what do I mean by that? Well, are you living your life from here? Are you living your Christian walk from here? Or are you living it from here? Are you trying to understand? Are you trying to reason? Are you trying to know in your head all these things about God without actually knowing Him and living from a place of faith? I thought Ray preached an awesome message this morning about trust in God, that we choose to trust. There was a line there, in the mystery, I choose to trust. And I think that's a fantastic thing. In the mystery of God, we choose to trust in Him. So is my head below my heart? And I love it when Scripture instructs us in something, it always reveals the why and the how. So what has it instructed us? Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. In the NLT version, it says, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Or in the Message Bible, it says, it's where life starts. So our hearts are important. In verse 22, it answers the question, why? Well, it is life and health to one's whole body. I was reading through a New Testament dictionary, and it's not as boring as a dictionary. Almost, but not as. But I found it fascinating what it said. It said this on the attitude of the heart. The right attitude of the heart begins with it being broken or crushed. Ooh, that sounds a bit nasty, eh? This brokenness is necessary because it is the hard or stony heart which does not submit to the will of God. God knows the heart of each one and is not deceived by outward appearances, but a worthy prayer is nevertheless that he should search and know the heart and make it clean. A new heart must be the aim of the wicked, and that will mean that God's law has to become no longer merely external, but internally written on our hearts, and therefore make it clean. Thus it is the heart that spring, the spring of all desires must be guarded. It is the pure of heart who shall see God, and, though, and it is though Christ in the heart by faith that the saints can comprehend the love of God. It is the pure of heart who shall see God. Pure hearts are incredibly important. So how do we go about this? How do we go about keeping our hearts clean? How do we go about keeping our hearts free from all these other things that seek to uh, draw us one way or another? Well, it goes on to say in verse 24 and 25, it gives us a very uh, clear idea of how we go about guarding our hearts. In verse 24, it says, Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. You know, I think our mouths indicate the state of our heart. What we say, what we speak, indicate what's going on in here. And this is an awesome way to self-check yourself. 
if you find yourself speaking out things or even thinking things about people that you know are not of God, you go, well, what's going on here? What's going on in my heart? And it doesn't, it doesn't just mean you talk people down. It might mean your expectation of people, well, that person can't do anything because they're this. What is your heart's response to people? Our, our, our words will determine or will show where our hearts are at. And just to catch this, I just want to run through a list of Proverbs. Um, I, I just want you to catch how important and how powerful our words are. In Proverbs 10, 11, it says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. In, verse, uh, in chapter 11, verse 9, it says, With their mouths the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge the righteous escape. In Proverbs eleven thirteen, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Are you catching a bit of a pattern here? There is power in the tongue. Let me tell you a few more. In 12.18, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. In 12.22, The Lord detests lying lips, but He delights in people who are trustworthy. And catch this. In 13.2, it says, From the fruit of their lips, people enjoy good things. But the unfaithful have an appetite for violence. Our words carry power. Our words carry influence. And you know, the thing is, oftentimes we can say, well, you know, my words aren't hurting anyone. But I want to challenge that, con that thought tonight that our words are either speaking life or they're speaking destruction. Our words are either for God or they're against Him. And I want to encourage us tonight to align our words with what God would desire to speak. And a question you can ask yourself is, are my words speaking life? Are the things that I'm thinking, that I'm saying do they speak life into the people around me, into the atmosphere around me? Would I like that spoken over me? Our words carry incredible power. So let's speak life, let's speak God, and let's speak goodness wherever we go. In verse 25, it goes on to say, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your eyes directly before you. In Hebrews 12, it would be one of my favorite chapters, following Hebrews 11, which talks about the believers um, who have gone before. In Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Where we look, what we look at, fuels our heart. So if I'm fixing my eyes on things that are not godly, then I'm going to feel something ungodly within me. Our eyes fuel our heart. Where we fix our gaze, where we fix our attention, that is what we cultivate within us. And it's interesting, we have a choice. Like our words, we can either fix our gaze on God, or we can fix our gaze on on ourself. There's no middle ground. And I want to read a quote from uh, A.W. Tozer, and I think this guy is pretty incredible. Uh, he's a theologian, and if you're looking for something uh, that is going to challenge you, that is going to stir you, that is going to um, really stir up your faith in God and test and encourage you, 
to, to desire more, I encourage you to get hold of this book. It's called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. And it is a fantastic uh, read. But he says around this issue, Faith is a redirecting of our sight, a getting out of focus of our own vision and getting God into focus. Sin has twisted our vision inward and made it self-regarding. Unbelief has put God self where God should be. Faith looks out instead of in, and the whole life falls into line. Further on he says, When we lift our inward eyes to gaze upon God, we are sure to meet friendly eyes gazing back at us. Just imagine that thought for a moment. What does that look like? When we lift our inward eyes to gaze upon God, we are sure to meet friendly eyes gazing back at us. For it is written that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout all the earth. The sweet language of experience is, you, God, see me. You, God, see me. God sees us. He sees where we're at. He sees what we're doing. He knows us. His desire is that we would know him in the same way. He goes on to say, when the eyes of the soul looking out meet the eyes of God looking in, heaven has begun here, right on earth. And you know what? I want to fix my attention. I want to fix my gaze upon Jesus. Because then I see God beginning to outwork in my world. Because my gaze isn't fixed on things of myself or things around me, God has the freedom to do what He wants to do. So I would encourage you tonight, do whatever you can to keep your, fit, your, your gaze fixed on Jesus. Do whatever you can. Don't look to the right or to your left, but do whatever you can to keep your eyes fixed on the things of God. So what happens when we place our head below our heart? What happens? I was reading in Acts, and this is a time where Holy Spirit shows up and there's this revival taking place, and, and, and it's incredible things, but as we read through Acts, starting in Acts 2, we see the apostles and others surrender themselves. They surrender their will, they surrender what they want to do, and they're waiting in this upper room, and suddenly there's encounter. God shows up. Holy Spirit is there. Tongues of fire. Peter walks out and starts to preach. They think he's drunk. They think they're drunk. Other people think they're drunk. But God moves and 3,000 people were added to the numbers. Holy Spirit came and they had relationship because they surrendered their own will. And Holy Spirit encountered them. In Acts chapter 3, we see Peter and John see a lame man healed. They say, we don't have gold, but silver or gold we don't have, but what we do have be healed in the name of Jesus, and the man is healed. And four, we see they have courage for the Sanhedrin, which is like the religious uh, leaders of the day. And I find it fascinating when, uh, because they had this lame man with them, this lame man came along and, and the religious leaders said, we see a miracle, but so therefore we can't put these guys in prison, we can't whip them, I'm sure they got beaten for it, but we can't kill them because there's this miracle in front of us. And so they said, oh, well, just... Just don't talk about Jesus anymore, okay? We don't want you to talk about Jesus. Just keep it on the down low. But it was so real for them. Their Christian experience, their life with God was so real that their response was, we cannot help 
but speak about what we have heard and seen. We cannot help. You know, my desire is that my faith in God is so real, my experience with God is so real that I cannot help. I cannot help but speak about what I have heard and seen. That when, when people are prayed for, they're healed. And I cannot help but go into WinTech on, on Monday and Wednesday and say, far out, this happened at church. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. I cannot help. Can you not help? I'm challenged by that. That stirs me up on the inside. That goes, ah, there's so much more in God for us. So much more for God. Uh, for us in God. And it challenges me to see more. It challenges me. Mm, thank you, God. In, in uh, Acts 5, we see signs and wonders take place. And it was so crazy that people who need to be healed would line up on the streets and they'd wait for Peter's shadow to go past because they were afraid of what was going on. They were freaking out because God was showing up. There was this real fear of the Lord in, uh, in Jerusalem and They'd line the streets, and a shadow, people would be healed. Incredible things were happening. In Acts 7, we see that Stephen is the first martyr for the cause. So what happens when we place our head below our hearts? Well, I think we walk in obedience. You see, each of these things, these guys didn't do anything special, but they walked in obedience. And as Pastor Ray was talking about this morning, they said, I choose to trust. I choose to trust you. And they let it go. They didn't try to reason. They didn't try to live their life by what they knew in their head. But they said, all right, God, you do what you do, and we're going to walk in obedience. And this is what happened. Is my head below my heart? Is your head below? below your heart. And tonight, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you. What are you speaking? What do your words look like? Because they will reflect what's going on on the inside. And this is only something that you can answer. But I don't want you to brush it off. I don't want you to go, oh, maybe next time. I want you to actually take a moment to think, what do your words look like? What are you speaking? And is there something that you need to make a change in? In your life? My next question is, what do you allow in? What are you fixing your gaze or your attention on? What are you listening to? What are you looking at? What are you allowing in that is influencing where your heart is? Because Proverbs 4 tells us to guard your heart. It's a precious thing. Your heart is such a precious thing. It's where everything comes from. What are you allowing in? Activate church. Pay attention to what I say. If the band could come back. Turn your ear to my word. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life 
to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Come on, Activate Church, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. If you walk away tonight, remember this, guard your heart because everything you do, wherever you go, whatever you say, whatever you think comes from here. It is influenced by your heart. And my desire is that we would live real lives in Jesus. That we would live full lives, following what God has for us, following, pursuing the call that He has for each of us. So I want to leave you with that tonight. If you feel that you need to respond to anything that I've been talking about tonight, uh, I want to invite you to come up the front. And uh, this is as we sing, and I would love to pray with you. I'd love to stand with you in prayer, and whatever that may be, whether it's something specifically that you have felt challenged around tonight, um, or within the message. Amen. Awesome. Man, I, I just, it was awesome. Well, let's give Peter a hand. It was fantastic. It's awesome. Surrender is, the, is, is a crazy word, and um, Peter's talked about it. But I think the best representation of surrender is actually Jesus himself. Is that he came down to this world to surrender himself, gave us an example of what surrender was. And he gave himself up uh, for, for humanity so that we could have relationship with him. But he also demonstrated it uh, with people in terms of showing them love. But it was at the cross where, where he showed us the ultimate surrender, laying down his life, his whole life. And he did that so that we could have a relationship with him, that our sin, our shame, our guilt could all be paid for. And in turn, we uh, get to walk uh, a journey with God and have eternity with Him as well. And simply what we call that is, is being a Christian, is to have a relationship with God, is to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and surrender back to Him. And it is the best decision you can make. When you make that decision, you get to live a life of fullness. Uh, it might not be easy, but you get to live a journey with God. And so what I'd love to do is give you the opportunity to make that decision. And to say, I'd love to just surrender to God because Jesus has already surrendered His life for me so I could have a relationship with Him, which is a crazy thought. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed across the room, we do this just so it gives the freedom uh, to you to respond. And all I ask is for you to shoot up your hand just so I can see it, so um, I can pray with you afterwards. And so if there's anyone here that says, I want to make that stand, I want to have that relationship, I want to surrender uh, my life to God and walk with Him. If that's you, I'd love you to just put up your hand just so I can see it now. Is there anyone here that wants to say, awesome, I see that hand. That's fantastic. 
Is there anyone else this evening that wants to say, man, I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior? Church, why don't you pray after me? Dear Lord, we thank you for your Son, Jesus, who died on a cross for my sin, my shame, and my regret so I could be free and live in a relationship with you. So now I surrender my life to you and promise to walk forward with you from this day on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Hey, church, why, why don't we give that person that responded a huge round of applause. Awesome decision to make. What I think would be real good is um, we sing that new song, Surrender, whatever it's called. Um, really, this is a chance for you just to do business with God. Um, and you can come up the front if you want prayer or you can stay in your seat. But I encourage you, think about the words of the song, giving your all in, and those questions about your heart that Peter asked. Take time to reflect. And uh, so bands, you can see, you can stay seated, you can stand up, but I invite you, do some business with God.
to our city would be known as people surrendered to you bringing a change bringing your love bringing your goodness in Jesus name Amen Amen Man God's good eh? Yeah so good We're going to end the service there but if you'd like prayer feel free to come up the front and we'd love to pray for you. Um, but there's a few things that are going on this evening that I'd love to make you aware of. Uh, is firstly, at the back in the uh, brown areas, we have got um, our giving stations. And that's just a place where you can be purposed about your giving. Uh, we encourage you to do that. Uh, also, this week, uh, we're going to Jared's house, which is about 20 minutes that way. No, 10 minutes. 10 minutes that way. So um, make sure you don't get lost um, because my directions are pretty sweet. Um, Yeah. So uh, you're all welcome, or is it just young adults? We're all welcome. Thanks, Peter. Um, And you're bringing... 
bringing dinner out. Bring your own dinner out. Peter's supplying the marshmallows, the chocolate, and the crackers that go in the biscuits between them, and the chocolate sauce that goes over them, and the hot chocolates. Anything else that you're providing? No, nothing else. Very good. Thanks, Peter. That's real generous of you. Um, so it's uh, Labor Labor Day tomorrow. Fantastic. So make sure if you're a young adult, you come along, um, stay to three o'clock in the morning and uh, sleep in tomorrow. It will be a great day. But we hope uh, you've enjoyed your time here tonight. But mostly that we pray that God has spoken to you and that there's something that you can take out to apply to your life uh, so that you can be like Jesus whenever, wherever. Is that cool? Very good. All right, have a great week and we shall see you next Sunday. Uh, one last thing, because I've got the microphone. Remember, youth is changing this week. We're going from 7 till 9 because we've got special guests. So make sure you're here from 7 till 9. Cheers.